Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome back to Marvelous Monday. We are so happy to be here with you on Blog Talk USA. As you know, you can always find us at blogtalkusa.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa, or you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Stitcher, Apple Radio, uh, pretty much any place you can find podcasts, you can find Blog Talk USA, and under that banner, you'll find Marvelous Monday. Okay, let me go ahead and give you over to your host. I know she's chomping at the bit to reunite with everybody, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ms. Rihanna, and uh, welcome back as well. You're listening to Marvelous Monday uh, right here on Block Talk USA Radio, and we're so excited to be back and have all of the amazing team back tonight we've had all kinds of busy things going on but we're getting into even more busier times because election 2022 midterm is coming up how are you doing miss rihanna i'm doing great thank you so much how about yourself i'm great and you sound great we just returned back from (laughs) uh the alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated South Central Regional Conference in Houston, Texas. It was amazing. And oh, wonderful. Uh, Yolanda Adams did the brunch on yesterday. And, and kudos oh, to wow. our regional director, Ms. Joya uh, Hayes, who did an amazing job in putting on our conference. It's been over two and a half years, as you know, Ms. Rihanna, that mm-hmm. we've not been together with each other. So the sorority sisters were so excited and so happy. We had well over 5,000 ladies in attendance. And boy, wow. the fire was in the building. Uh, the girls were on fire. And that was our theme, igniting <laughs> uh, the fire. And they were indeed on fire. So But it's great to be right back home again and ready to uh, kick off the evening. So let's find out if all of these amazing team members are here tonight. Uh, Let's see. Let's start with Dr. Hagney. Dr. Hagney, are you there? Oh, give me one second. Dr. Hagney, I had to walk walk away from the computer. Okay. Well, we're just trying to see if everybody is here tonight. There we go. Okay. They they are. A whole bunch of people. I think they're all here, Dr. Hagney. Okay, great. So... Very good. So let's see. Dr. Hagney, are you there? Dr. Hagney, unmute if you're there. Yeah. Okay. What about Mr. Arthur? Mr. Arthur, are you there? No feedback tonight. We want no feedback tonight. The only feedback we want are words and not those sounds that I'm beginning to hear. Dr. McKellar, let me, let me just ask everybody, because we have the, the whole thing, uh, the phone line is completely full, and I've got every line open. Okay. So when you're not speaking, if you could please press mute, then we'll get a clean recording. And then when it's your time to chime in, just unmute yourself, and we'll go That's from right. there. Okay, go ahead, Dr. McKellar. Very good. 
Thank you, thank you. So I'm going to ask once again everybody that's on their line uh, to go on mute for right now, and then when I call, of course, the team members, I'm about to call out all the team members. I think I heard uh, Dr. Hagney. Dr. Hagney, are you there? To unmute and let us know you're there. Yes, I'm here. Oh, great, great. Good evening, Dr. Hagney. How are you? Good evening, good evening. It's always a pleasure to have Dr. Hagney. We're going to start out with Dr. Hagney with his uh, report on COVID once we see if all of our team members are on. So you can mute for right now, Dr. Hagney, and I'll get back to you. So uh, Pastor Cooper, Pastor Michael Cooper, are you there? Mr. Arthur Fleming, are you there? Well, Ms. Rihanna, you need to text those team members and tell them to get on over here so they can get to work and get busy with our radio show this evening. But we'll go right back to uh, to Dr. Hagney, Dr. Richard Hagney, our, our COVID guru, so that he can bring us up to date. There's all kinds of exciting things that Dr. Hagney is doing uh, with uh, the COVID-19 uh, task force and all the work, the great work. And so we say kudos and accolades to him and all the members who are on that task force to make sure that we get people immunized, that we keep people safe, and that people who want to get vaccinated, there are clinics that are being uh, carried out throughout East Texas and Northeast Texas. And we thank uh, Dr. Hagney for leading us in that way. Dr. Hagney, go ahead. And bring us up well, to date. Well, good evening. Good out. evening. I'm yes, excited yes. about being here. And uh, <clears throat> as you mentioned, our task force, we focus on uh, northeast Texas uh, uh, rural areas. And I tell people rural is different. Rural communities of color are different from rural and urban. We're very excited about being in, very excited what we're doing. But let me tell you about this. Of course, we're like we're in another cycle with the, um, with the virus. Um, I, uh, we still, there's nothing, lots more we need to learn. Uh, we look nationally what's occurring there. We were on this, uh, uh, this mad, re- remove the mass and then everything was up to a certain extent with downturn and with the numbers. And, and of course, also, even that was, that was at the time when we were only probably about 6% fully vaccinated in America <clears throat> when this started happening. But then we, we look fast forward to now what's happening around the world. <clears throat> First of all, understand this virus and understand mutation, uh, which we apparently still learn and not learn completely. Uh, so around the world, what we're seeing is a new variant. And it's going, and compared to other parents, are more invisible. And uh, and so it's, it's really uh, all over Asia and Europe. Uh, it's, it's going like gangbusters. And not really to America. Well, it's here, but it's not at the uh, level we've seen in Europe. But uh, <clears throat> if the threat, uh, threat the last three years is showing a pattern, we probably in a couple of weeks uh, of having it here. Now, uh, what uh, that's going to be very interesting. We know we the vac- we know the vaccines are are active, but we also seeing uh, the wingling of the um, the effects of the vaccines. <clears throat> so this is going to be a very interesting time over the next couple. I would say over the next month. But I would say what we need to do is continue to get the uh, uh, keep our guards up, keep uh, protecting our seniors, and we know the vaccine work, and uh, we are working on. Uh, I'm very excited about our task force. We are posting up all these uh, COVID clinics uh, across Northeast Texas and going like game busters. And I would kudos going to our black pastors, our black churches, where we have identified, they have identified the trust in us, and they're coming out to these, these clinics. But also we're developing some other partners that are coming along with us. Uh, we'll talk about the Prostate Project, but there's a, uh, the um, another group, a disability group, is coming on board. What's so exciting about this partnership 
we set these clinics up and everything. We basically look at individuals coming to our clinic and, and to a certain extent. By partnering with this disability group, <clears throat> they, uh, in that partnership, they can actually work with getting vaccinations into individual homes, particularly people who are disabled, people who lack, lack transportation. So this is a very exciting uh, time to know that we have the capacity with these vaccines to almost reach everybody who want to be reached. But we are on a national scale. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm concerned of where we are and what we can anticipate in the future. My concern is hopefully we have enough vaccines in place in case uh, we experience this a uh, third time. But uh, that's my that's my concerns are. I think we need to get, get prepared and be prepared and and keep getting the vaccinations out. So we have excellent vaccines. And also, you need to know that uh, uh, Israel has been doing the fourth uh, vaccination. Pfizer is requesting the fourth a booster here for 65 and above. And I think Moderna is looking at um, 18 and above. So the pharmaceutical companies are uh, beginning to recognize there is a possible need for a full fourth booster. So we'll uh, see what the government say about that and, and be aware of that. But we need to be in place if that occur to be able to continue vaccinating individuals. We can do that. We know we can do that in rural East Texas, but <clears throat> we just want to everybody be careful. Uh, there was a a discussion about keep your mask close. That's after a couple of months when you were told to throw it away. I'm quite sure a lot of people didn't save it. But I would I would say we need to remember the safeguard, the distances and uh and also the mask. So we got to need we need to see what's gonna happen over the next couple of months. So just be prepared in case we need to go back and just be able to do that. So let's stay tuned, stay uh and think about what you need yourself, not what other people are doing. Think about what for yourself and bow God. Bow means protect our Excellent. Excellent. Very good. You're absolutely correct, uh, Dr. Hagney. And, and we know now that there is a new corona variant. We know we had, we started out with the Delta and then we came around with the Omicron, which was called the BA.1, uh, I think. And so now we're, we're looking at a BA.2 uh, variant mm-hmm. that uh, that yes. have come around and so uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought out the point to keep that mask close by and i keep mine very close by dr Hagney. as a matter of fact uh, i i wear mine uh, pretty much now i this weekend all of the uh, sisters that were at our convention had to produce their uh, vaccination card then we had to have uh, within a tw- uh, 72 hour period We all had to have a COVID test, and then they had everything right there uh, on location there at the George R. Brown Convention Center there in Houston, Texas. If you did not get uh, your vaccination, excuse me, if you did not get your test done before you arrived there, they had a rapid test that you could get the results within a couple of hours, but they could not enter into our settings until that uh, that, test. Chest came back negative, and they produced uh, their cards. So, uh, so what you're saying is there may be a possibility that we may have to get another booster. And I like the fact that it's much like the flu. I guess uh, each year we get a flu shot, right? So we may end up right. having to get uh, okay. Well, that's why I wanted wanted to make that very clear that that was Correct. from the World Health Organization. So thank you so much for Correct. that, Dr. Hagney, and thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing. I'm going to try really hard to make 
all of our meetings, uh, most of them on Zoom, right? Uh, our meetings, Correct. we're working in conjunction with, can you just share that who we're working in conjunction with here in Smith County, uh, the health department, I believe? Oh, oh yes, it, it's mm-hmm. just amazing. We're able to accomplish, I mentioned the role of the black churches, but it really is a partnership with the uh, health department, MedHealth, uh, uh, Family yes. Circle Care. These are individuals who are, and also the health department, they they can provide these vaccinations. So by that's why we can work over all these 27 counties because we can partner with, with each one of those those sites. And I tell you, you can't say enough about uh, the health departments, yeah. what they're doing, net health, those groups. Uh, they bring the yeah. – we, we identify the site. They bring the entire crew in, I mean, meaning right. the vaccine. And what I individually are saying, they're so impressed and to a certain extent shocked. This kind of expertise is coming to their neighborhood. I'm talking about rural East Texas individuals who don't go to these health systems, but to see these nurses and see all this expertise come to their community, their home, their church, they they are amazed. Not only that, they appreciate, and that's what we developed in that trust. So my hat go out to the Health Department, Net Health, Family Circle Care, and all those groups that are partnering with us. And also the the, the, uh, disability group is coming on board, I mentioned. Now we can work with them, partner with them to get individuals who may be homebound or some reason they can't get to these sites, disability, whatever like that, they would they would partner with right. us and get those vaccines to those individuals. So that's that's exciting news that they're on board in this partnership. Very good, very good. Thank you so much for that. And I'm very excited about it as well. And what we don't want uh, Americans to do and East Texans to do, we don't want them to worry we just want to be precautious because we know that the COVID rates are on the rise again globally. And so we want to make sure that people do not get this COVID. I mean, there are people who are experiencing long haul issues, uh, symptoms and things after getting COVID. And we just don't want that uh, for them to be sick. We just don't want it to happen. Exactly. We need to do everything that we need to do in order to, to um, mitigate uh, this Omicron number two and prevent it from spreading across America. Well, uh, Dr. Hagney, we have some very exciting things going on. We have very exciting uh, layout of information tonight. And so I want to begin by introducing uh, to the community, so if everybody else can go on mute and... uh, and when I call your name, please open your lines. Uh, Ms. Rihanna has all the lines open, so it's up to us. Uh, she's our engineer, so it's up to us to actually mute ourselves out so that we don't get the background noise from us. I have on my earplugs, your phone, so that I can X out my, my noise around me as well. But we have a very, very wonderful gentleman that's our special, special guest that's going to be on with us tonight. And hopefully, Mr. Arthur is on and Pastor Cooper is on. Uh, those yes. are other two. Uh, yes, there are. Oh, good that? evening. How are you doing, Mr. Arthur? How are you? Recovering. I'm sorry. Speak up so I can Recovering. hear Recovering. Recovering. Recovering? You're recovering? Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know that you had not. Been, you mean like recovering from not feeling well? 
No, no, a political head hangover, hangover. Uh, oh, political oh, a political hiccup. <laughs> okay. I like so that. Bad. Yeah, I got you. So hey, how you doing, Pastor Cooper? I had a feeling. I know, I know. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I should have known that was it. <laughs> you well, I tell you what, Miss Arthur, you're, you're, tough, you're a tough dude. You can get over it. You know what to do to get us through this difficult time. As a matter of fact, our special guest is going to help us to get through this hiccup that we're experiencing. In the, uh, in, in, the, in the nation and uh, as far as our, our election, our primary election, I'm sure that's what you're talking about. It's going to be okay. So let me introduce uh, to, those, to some, present to others, uh, Mr. Hector Garza. Mr. Hector Garza was elected uh, in Tyler, Texas. He's the uh, county chair-elect for Smith County. And so we say kudos and accolades to him. He ran an amazing, amazing uh, campaign. Uh, he, is, uh, the, he is the guy. And so, Mr. Hector, if you're on, uh, and I think that you are, please come right in and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. We know your name, obviously, but welcome to Marvelous Monday. How are you doing, Mr. Hector? I'm doing fantastic, and thank you so much. It's a pleasure and honor to be here with you all. Um, I very much like Arthur, I'm recovering from the political hangover. Uh, <laughs> to say the least, it was very, very interesting. Um, it was a, a well-fought race, and uh, I believe that now that it's all over, Smith County is in for a very good surprise. You know, we're coming strong now. We very, come, very uh, good. So can you, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, you can... Tell us what you want us to know, but so that all of our audience all around the nation, everywhere, can know just exactly who Mr. Hector Garza is. Okay. Um, Again, my name is Hector Garza, and I'm the new county chair-elect for Smith County, Texas. um, I'm the son of Marielena Lucas. Marielena Lucas is my mother, who also is a huge, huge activist, uh, who has has been for many, many years. Um, She was the second... Vice President of the United Farm Workers of America. So I'm used to politics. I'm used to being around the likes of politicians. And we grew up with people like John Lewis, uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, um, Cesar Chavez in our homes. And these are the guys that we we were mentored from. So um, I'm not new to politics. Uh, I've been around them all my life. This is the first time I've ever run a race. And uh, I learned a whole lot from it. But Growing up as a migrant farm worker, I uh, struggled, so I know what a good fight is all about. And I come today, and uh, for the last 20-something years, I've been in Smith County, and I've seen the struggles, and I've seen the fight and the, 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 the struggle that the Democrats have really had in trying to move forward. And um, my, my heart and everything about me tells me that it was time to do something about it. So I entered the race, and here I am today, and I'm ready to make a big difference. So, um, again, I've had the helps of a lot of people, including Dr. Shirley McKellar, who was there very many advice and to talk to me. Uh, and I've had many, many other people that have come to my aid and, I'd say, mentor me throughout the whole process and who have taught me and brought me to where I am today, uh, just a person who wants to make a big difference and who wants to move Democrats forward, going forward here. So okay. here I am today. Excellent. Excellent. So, Mr. Hector, and once again, congratulations. We're very proud of you and the amazing race that you won. Uh, a couple of questions or so, and then, of course, the team members are going to have uh, some questions for you 
Many people may or may not know exactly what the um, what the day-to-day uh, responsibilities and role of the county chair is. So if you could share a little bit about what a county chair does, and, of course, uh, you are the uh, Smith County, and you are the county chair for the largest county in East Texas that we proudly uh, serve right here in Smith County. And so you have a big county uh, that you have to oversee. Tell us some of the responsibilities uh, day-to-day that, uh, and, or just the role of the uh, county chair. And I'll mute out. Okay. County chair plays a big role, uh, role in the elections. When it comes to the elections, to the primaries and general elections, the county chairman is the person who gets there and he safeguards the local elections. Uh, we provide training for the election workers, for the poll workers, for the clerks and the judges. So it is our obligation, our duty to provide the adequate training so that we can have fair and free elections to make sure they're educated. Um, when it came time, we get together with the Secretary of State. We implement a budget to them. In turn, they come back and they say, okay, you're going to need so much. And we tell them this is what we need to get out the vote to, for all kinds of things, whether it's renting an office, whether it's securing an office, uh, computers, et cetera, anything it is to help the Democratic Party move forward to get out the vote. So we turn in a budget, we submit it, and then we take the funds. And then with the same funds, we pay the election workers, we pay everybody. Um, we do all the advertising. We do everything we have to. But along with that, it is maintaining a balance in the county with your precinct chairs. Uh, you have a county executive committee inside who is the governing body of the Democratic Party in your county. So by having a governing body, the CEC, it's short for CEC, the, uh, you maintain with them a relationship to where you on issues and you pass issues that affect your county and you uh, the governing body makes motions and the motions will include you know hey I think we should do this for the county I think this should pass and we shouldn't allow this we should allow that and as your county chair you listen to the motions and you place votes on them and then they go forward or they're either approved or denied you know the motion passes or doesn't pass but this is where you maintain a balance and you maintain order and your day-to-day dealings with Democrats. So it's very, very important to be part of it and have a, a leader who is going to do for the people, by the people, of the people, for the people, and by the people, and That's make fun. sure that they move together. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, statutory um, statutory things that you have to do, and along with the community things. The community things you do in the party is uniting the party, getting people together, getting yes. people unified, uh, bringing out social events that you can, that, you know, that brings Democrats together in general. And one of the important things, especially in Smith County, is the diversification we've had is that we have so many different demographics out here. You know, we have the African-American, we have the Hispanic, and we've got so many different races out here and so many different um cultures out here that it's important to unify and to bring one together with another, together with another, together with another. And um, that's one of the most important things I think that the county needs. And by doing so, then you start uniting the people and making a a stronger party out of it. So these are just some of the the democratic values in course. Very good. 
So, so you said a word uh, tonight. This show it actually is focusing on inclusivity, uh, how important it is. And you mentioned the fact that we have all of the various races. Uh, you, you're talking about ethnicities, talking about uh, our cultures and all of that. So that's really, really important. And tell us how many uh, seats, how many, you mentioned the word precinct chairs, uh, how many precinct chair seats that we have in Smith County? I know there's a large amount, and if how many of those are filled uh, at this particular time, and how important it is for precinct chairs. We can win election if we have strong precinct chairs that are out there knocking on every door, block walking everywhere all across, all across uh, the county. So how many precinct positions do we have in Smith County? Uh, Dr. McFarland, Smith County is one of the largest rural areas in Texas, and it gives us, we have 79 precincts. And for those who don't know too much, your your county is divided into blocks or sections, however you want to place it. And each section is a precinct. For each section, one county, uh, one precinct chair, which is the person who is responsible for getting a hold of all the Democrats in his precinct and your blocks are, are, you know, 10, it could be from two blocks to a hundred blocks. It's just divided. So we have 79 of them and each precinct chair is responsible for going door to door, knocking on their doors, giving them voting information or simply getting saying, Hey, we need you to come out. We need your voice. We need your vote or calling them on the phone and just trying to get them active in their precincts. But we have 79 of them. Out of the 79, I'd say we have about 35 to 40 of them that are filled at the moment. But very soon we will have 79 of them filled. And and I'm glad you said that. That's not very good, and that's why Mr. Arthur is trying to recover from primary because if you have 79 seats and you only have about 39 that are filled, we have a lot of work to do. And let's just mention that you are – the uh, county chair on the Democratic uh, side of the House. And so uh, so 79 and 39, that's not good. But at any rate, tell us then in the, in the next three months what, how are you going to work hard, uh, what are some of your plans in order to fill those seats? Because once again, I said, as I said, if we have good precinct chairs out there walking those blocks and getting people registered, then Mr. Arthur would not be recovering from the political blues, so to speak. (laughs) Go ahead and tell us how you're planning to uh, fill those positions, because the precinct chairs are very, very, very important to the election process. Go ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they play a vital role. They play the role, you know, the county chair can't do it alone. So his, his safeguards, his backup is all the precinct chairs. And it is very important indeed because, once again, these are the people that come out and they say, hey, look, I represent your neighborhood. I represent you. I need to know what your needs are. I need to know, is it broadband? Is it roads and sewers? Is it sewers and bridges? Is it your roads? You know, tell me what your ails are. Tell me what your good points and your bad points are. Tell me where we're doing good. Tell me where we're failing. And this way, they come back and report it to the county chair. We get together as the CEC, and this is where we can make resolutions. This is where we can take um, items and send them to the county, to the county commissioner's court, and say, look, and precinct this and this, 
you know, for example, right, one of the things happening right here in Tyler in, uh, let's say, Precinct 10, you know, your sewage, your sewage, and, and you know, this is something that has been taken to the commissioner's court, and they say, okay, we need to do something about this. But without their voice and without them knowing, without them bringing it to us, then a lot of people go unheard. So this is why it's so important to, again, have a precinct chair in every single precinct so we can be up to date on what's happening in the more rural areas, the outer areas that we don't visit every day. But if we had a precinct chair there, then they could report to people like me and we can report to people like Arthur and we can say, okay, we've nipped it. We've got the information so we can move forward in a proper way. <clears throat> so that's where you really start coming together. So the way that I plan to get the precinct chairs out there is what we've been doing out here in Smith County for the last several months is we've been having donuts with Democrats. We've been going on to social media and we've been telling Democrats, Hey, we're going to be at this place. We're going to be at this donut shop or at this coffee shop or whatever. And we want to hear you. We want you to come out. And when they come out, then we talk to them and we tell them, okay, where do you live? And we get their precincts, and this is where we start talking to different people and inviting them to be part of the member, part a part of the party, and part of the uh, precinct chairs. We have signed up so many precinct chairs just by doing this, just by sitting together and having voter registrations and asking them, where do you live? Would you be interested in making a difference? And we have filled, I'd say, in the last, gosh, two years, we have filled probably more than 25 slots by doing so. You know, so we've filled a whole bunch of slots, and this is the way we continue, meeting people, doing social events, and getting them involved. So the more we get them involved, you know, the stronger the party becomes. Excellent, excellent. I, I like that, and uh, and I thank you for that. And let me just say, tonight's show is being brought to you by A Taste of North Delight and uh, Mr. Hector Garza and the Smith County Democratic Club uh, spent lots of time uh, working and eating and planning right there in the restaurant on the strategies of how they could get the people out to the polls to vote. So we thank you for always encouraging uh, small businesses here in Smith County, your county, and we thank you for continuing uh, to do that. Uh, one more question for me, and then we're going to do a round robin for our team members because I know that they have some questions for you as well. But where sure. do you think uh, that Smith County will be in the next two years under your administration? Where do you think we're going to be? Who are we going to get elected? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I tell you where we're going to be, and this is something that I will not uh, I will not sleep well until it's done. One of the things that we really, really need to do in Smith County is we need to have a Democratic office. For years and years yes, and years, we have not had a place to call home. We've not had a Democratic headquarters. And this is something that we are going to be, you know, I promised this, and I promised that I would work very hard to get one. So, you know, the ball's already rolling on it. We're already looking. <clears throat> but one of, the place, one of the things we want to do is have a Democratic headquarters, an office to where Democrats can go in and say, look, We've got computers here. We have Internet access here. You know, we've got facilities here to make it easier. We have copiers. We have printers. You know, we have information about elections. We have a Democratic headquarters. We have somewhere where our candidates can come in from out of state and they can have a headquarters and they can say, I've got an office. You've got an office. Everything you need is here. Somewhere we can host candidates 
host events and say, you know, we've got our own home. So that's one of the things that I really, really plan Excellent. to do. Excellent. <laughs> that's outstanding. That's, that's one uh, of the that biggest is, things, yeah. There you go. That's outstanding. And what a great uh, plan, uh, Mr. Hector. We're going to go on over to uh, – Dr. Hagney, we're going to ask him to unmute, and uh, we'll start with him uh, in the question around Robin on what he may want to ask of you. Go ahead, Dr. Hagney. Very good. Hello. Uh, it's all wrapped up in healthcare. I think I saw you without in uh, Turkey County. My my uh, my my suggestion first of all, there was a uh, health status report in Northeast Texas for 2021. Excellent job by UT out there. I'm recommending every politician look at this report. Uh, as a gentleman from uh, the TV station, say if you would look at East Texas and compare it to health status, East Texas arguably would have the least healthy region in the state. Now you know we talk with the, the uh, so getting that information as a healthcare. My my recommendation is there a uh, health plan for the Democratic Party for the state of Texas? Uh, as we deal with this, and as we look at the supporting areas in East Texas, what are your what are your plans for a health plan for East Texas, uh, which Tyler is included in that? Because we can't continue. Once you look at this status report of Northeast Texas, we can't accept these figures that's in there, and that's part of the education of individuals who want to go vote. They don't want to go vote. They want to know if they have a, if I if I have a primary care doctor. Well, what about my prescription costs? What about my other health care costs? So these stats show that we have failed the general population as it relates to health care. So my question, once you look at this report, what are your health care plans to improve these unacceptable health stats in uh, northeast Texas? Which, of course, in Tyler, we have a medical center, excellent job right here in the city. You mentioned outline areas. What are we going to do for that? What is the health plan for the outline rural communities uh, of Smith County? And Thank so, so uh, I'm going to jump in there, Mr. Yeah. Hector, and, and I, I'm going to add a little bit more to that uh, from what okay. Dr. Uh, Dr. Hagner said. And, that, and I'm, I appreciate his question. So, so what I want to say is for us to really encourage the federal candidates who are going to be representing us that they have that health care out front on their platform. I just want to mention that, and then I'll give it back over to you, and then I'm going to have a – then we'll do the, our, our next round, Robin, and then we have some questions that are coming in for you, so uh, so I'll give those out to you right now. But but that's all, the only thing I wanted to say is that we want to make sure that our federal candidate is doing just exactly what, what Dr. Hagner is talking about. Go ahead, Mr. Hector. Yes, Dr. Hagner, thank you for that question, and, and that, that affects East Texans and rural communities throughout Texas in such a big way. So just recently, this last Saturday, all counties had their county conventions, their Democratic county conventions. At these county conventions, we were empowered and we were able to provide resolutions that we want to pass up to the state. At this point, I know that there's been several resolutions about all kinds of issues. So when we go to the state uh, convention, July 14th through 16th, this is where we get to look at all the resolutions that have gone through and also introduce more resolutions. So we will be getting together and we will be talking once again about all the issues and all the health care issues. There, there's so many more issues going around, you know, broadband issues, um, all kinds of issues that directly affect us. 
So by doing so, we will pass the resolution. Um, on the opposite side, I'll call them propositions on ours or resolutions, but we're going to be looking at them and saying, okay, what can we do to improve East Texas, to improve rural Texas, the health care, the lower-lying areas? And you know, affordable health care is something that, that it's not only it, it's a must now. We have to have it. You know, too many people are uninsured. I think bankruptcy, you know, 63% of bankruptcies are because of health care and because of hospitalization bills and everything. So this is something that's going to be very, very seriously looked at at the state convention also. And hopefully with the proper resolutions and everything, we can pass them up to a federal level and say, okay, this is what we need introduced as a bill to where we can start getting health care rolling, you know, on an affordable basis for East Texans, for all rural Texans. So that that is something we'll be doing on a state level come July um, July 14th, sir. Very good, excellent. Thank you. Thank excellent you. question, uh, Dr. Hagney. Excellent question, uh, Pastor Cooper. And let me just say that Pastor Cooper, who ran for governor for the state of Texas, ran an amazing, amazing campaign. Got lots and lots of votes throughout. And so precinct chairs, once again, very important to help us to get. Our Democrats, or Democrats, I am a Democrat, I'm a proud Democrat, and so to get more Democrats elected to public office. Uh, Pastor Cooper, take it away. Thank you, and uh, good evening, and congratulations, uh, Brother Garza. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, uh, one thing that uh, Dr. McKellar uh, pointed out uh, when she asked you to introduce yourself and uh, talk about what some people don't want to call it, but it is a challenge when you're trying to get the uh, precinct uh, uh, chairs in each area. Uh, what, what is it, 39 out of 75? Out of 79. Oh, well, 35 out of 79. So what? what is, I mean, this is one of the things that in my campaigns that I've always worked on and uh, Arthur, myself, and, and some of the other team members worked on is not only talking about and pointing out the, uh, the the problems and the issues, but what's the plan? Uh, what, what is Hector Garza's plan for getting inciting? My dad used to say this, you know, I'm an old Baptist preacher, uh, recovering Baptist, just a preacher now. <laughs> but my dad used to say this all the time. He said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it, make it drink. But this is how you know my East Texas roots are, are real. He said, yeah, but you can uh, feed it uh, salt cubes or pretzels are something that's salty <laughs> that when they get to the water and it'll make them want to drink. So what 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 is yeah. your your cure to getting that horse to drink the water? Because he, he needs the water. We need the water. Yeah, absolutely. And may I say that I remember you on the ballot and I remember, you know, when we done this whole um when we done the balloting and when we were actually electioneering, you know, we had your name, we had all these names and we were out there every day in the, in the early voting and every day throughout the voting and talking to voters and getting them out there. But, um, you know, Democrats, they're, they're, many of them are so blindly following repetition, okay? For years, the party's been dormant. People tend to say, you know, it's okay, it's okay. You know, this is what it has to be. Um, but, no, we need, we need to go back to basics. You know, we need to, to, to pursue equality, justice, truth, diversity, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, et cetera. But it's time that we take the more aggressive stance. 
it's time that we go out and we hit the public, all right? Because it's like you said, you can lead a horse to water all day long, you know, but you can't force him to drink. Uh, by giving him salt cubes, by giving him pretzels, you're taking a more aggressive stance. And this is exactly what Smith County needs to do. We need to take a more aggressive stance. Now we need to reach out to them. We need to be at their door. We need to be on the radio. We need to be on the TV. We need to let them know that it's our time. And we can't do it by leaving things the way they have been forever. For decades, things have been dormant. And when I tell you, Brother Cooper, that we're rising from the ashes, believe me, we're rising from the ashes. And it needs to be formulated in such a way that um, that we need to hand out the, the pretzels. We need to hand out the salt cubes now. We need a much more aggressive style and a way of doing it. And we need to let the people know. You know, it, it's sad because so many voters are so disenfranchised. They're so tired, of, especially with the Democratic infighting. You know, I have never, never seen in my lifetime a party with so much infighting the way it is today. And, and this has got to stop. This has got to stop. This is one of the things that, that I'm going to implore all candidates, you know, run a clean campaign, quit the fighting, quit knocking your partner down, you know, run on your good, run on what you're going to do, run on all the good qualities that you have and do not run on negativity because this disenfranchises voters. This pulls them away. This says, you know, I'm tired of the same old, same old. So, Give them the salt cubes. Give them the pretzels and tell them it's our time. We need you. We need you now. You know, so so this is this is one of the things that, that we plan on bringing, that I plan on bringing to the table, um, just bringing them to the table to say, hey, it's our turn. You know, we need you. And just a more aggressive stance is what I believe in. And that's what I'm going to provide, a more aggressive stance. Very good. Very good. That, that was excellent. Uh, outstanding uh, question. Pastor Cooper, anything else that you'd like to ask of him before we move on to uh, Mr. Arthur? No, I'll make room for my brother that's recovering. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's good talking to you. Yeah. Thank you well, we, we, we're going to talk more about this. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Arthur, when Mr. Arthur comes in, he's going to pull back to that. But, but uh, Mr. Hector, you brought up something that is troubling for me, and that is that infighting that I see uh, among, and I'm, I'm not in the other parties, so I don't know what's going on with them there, but I know that whatever, and I know that anytime that you're going to have people, you're going to have problems. So I know that the Republican Party and any other party has uh, inside issues, but my parents used to tell us uh, that when you have an issue, you work it out among yourselves inside your family, and you don't take it out to the streets, so to speak, to the community, to the public, let's work our issues out. So I have a problem with the infighting going to the streets. So with that being said, Mr. Arthur, come on in and ask your questions or have your dialogue, please, sir. Yeah, uh, uh, well, first of all, I'll just say thanks for coming, Mr. Garza. I think I met you down when we were at uh, at the Tasty Light, I believe, the other day. I think I got to meet you that yeah. day. So anyway, yeah, well, congratulations on your win. Uh, now, my friends, my teammates here, they know the source of my ire and my uh, 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 hangover. And, and it's the fact that, and it's the fact that uh, what we saw in this campaign was a total capitulation sellout of the people uh, as far as 
actually what's good for the people. I mean, a, a deal was made somewhere what it looked like to me because, you know, 90-some percent, and then the first thing that the candidate does is step up and, and talk about he's, you know, he's against TR, CRTV and taught in school, which is not. But anyway, uh, my question for you is, there's going to be, as, as we, as, you know, as, we, as, as things stand now, there's a transition going on here in Texas. Democratic Party is changing. Uh, the racial divide is there. Uh, white folks are bidding, are bidding for the Hispanic vote, the coalition with them. Uh, black folks, we're, we're saying, hey, no, you need to come in coalition with us. So as you proceed down in East Texas, I'm sure you're going to feel that tug. Uh, what do you plan on doing with that? Uh, how do you see the Democratic Party in 10 years? What kind of coalition do you think uh, we'll have here in Texas? Well, thanks. thanks for that question. Um, I, you know, honestly, the way I look at it is I think, and I do believe that everybody's been seeing the racial divide, and I'm going to call it because that's exactly what it's been, okay? And everybody's been seeing which, where, which, where this has carried us for the last 20 years, all right? Now, like I said, now the, um, the, the Hispanic vote and the African-American vote, I really do see them uniting. I see them coming together and saying, okay, you know, the, the, the CRT, the racial division, all this, you know, we're going to put this behind us. We really are. You know, it's, it's our time. It's time to have a voice. It's time to have a vote. And I can really, really see a unification, okay, between, between a minority standing. It's going to be a powerhouse. It's going to say, you know, things haven't worked this way. So now – I think the coin is going to start turning, and I, for one, am going to fight very, very hard for that because I also believe that, you know, if we put the minority vote together, then it's a big powerhouse. Now, I'm not in any way saying that we won't work with any other, you know. I don't care, honestly, if, if it's a white, an African-American, a Hispanic, an Asian, I don't care. But I do see the minority vote coming together a lot more, and in the next 10 years, I see them binding together and being a dominant force to where they say, okay, because these are the issues that are affecting us the most. If you look back and you look at a lot of the minority areas, you know, because of CRT, because of everything else, these are the issues that are affecting us the most. So by turning around and uniting the vote and bringing them together, then, then you become a more powerful house. So in the next 10 years, I see the minority vote joining forces and being a dominant force in the voting polls. I really do. Uh, well, let me say, actually, just one little follow-up question. Uh, now, now, okay, now you, know, now you know that the race card is going to be played, right? It's going to be, you know, divide and conquer, that whole thing. And, and you know, being a, being a school teacher, uh, you know, I've seen it play out in the, the, you know, in the school system and so forth. Uh, what do you think we need to do as we bring that coalition together? What type of things do we need to do? Do we need to have uh, uh, maybe a summit or some uh, some type of statewide meeting where we can uh, talk about these issues so that the Biden-Congress system won't work so easy? Or who, what do you think we need to do to make that coalition happen? Or what can you do from where you're at? Because it's going to start on the ground where you're at, really. Yeah, the boots on the ground is is one of the most important. You start you start with the bottom foundation. Once your foundation is proper, then you can move from there. But I do believe that you know something that we're starting to do now is something that you haven't seen. The Democratic Party, I hadn't seen this for so long. 
that I'll tell you one of the things that we've already started implementing. We've started implementing a, a county-to-county broadband and a network, if you would, to where whenever – I'll give you an example. When um, Howard County out in West Texas, when they have a resolution, when they have something they want to send up, you know, we bind together with them. And we say, okay, let's put together and let's put our heads together. Oh, by the way, Van Zant, Henderson County, come and join us. And now all of a sudden you've got four, five, six, seven different counties turning in something. Okay, so by saying a summit, yes, I believe that that would help us a lot. And we're already starting to do it in a roundabout way because our counties are banding together and showing a force now and saying, hey, look, we're united and we all want to do this. So by doing so, we get more counties involved and more counties involved. And before you know, then all of a sudden you say, okay, you know, now we've got 19, 20, 25, 30 counties out of the 254 counties or however many there are. And you say, you know, we would like to have a summit. And if we do a summit, like you said, then we can get all the counties and present it in, you know, in Houston or Dallas and say, you know, let's do this. And by having adequate training and by having a game plan, then we can really, really push it and push an agenda forward and say this is what we want to do and this is what we want to accomplish. But, yes, it's going to get to the peak point to where we're going to have to have a summit. We're going to have to have everybody on the same page, a statewide effort to where we say, okay, and and it's something that TDP isn't going to implement. We know that the Texas Democratic Party, um, depending on who gets in there in this election, but this is going to come out for more of the precinct chairs, for more of the county chairs. You know, we are the – boots on the ground people like you said we're the one that's going to force this issue and say this is what we need so a summit is exactly what it will come down to it really will well i look forward okay, to so working let, with I'm, you and uh, go ahead Mr. you know go ahead Mr. 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 i look forward to working with you on that issue because like i said that's what needs to happen need to come from ground up we don't need them to now it needs to come from the ground we need to go tell them what they need to do that's part of the aggressive okay. democrat coming up Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I want to jump in on that. Uh, Mr. Arthur brought out, uh, Mr. Hector, he brought out uh, CRT, uh, the critical race theory. And so we know uh, that there's a lot of discussion in regards to that. We know that that is actually an uh, academic legal theory that had been taught uh, in law schools. But but we also know uh, that it's this, it's centered around uh, poverty, uh, voting rights violations, police brutality. Uh, I I didn't get um, critical race theory when I was in my undergraduate. I didn't even get it in my master's program for uh, for my first master's program. But I did get it in uh, when I started to study political science at University of Texas. I did get. Uh, talking about uh, poverty and talking about voting rights violations, not so much about um, police brutality, didn't really get. Well, actually, I got police brutality as a young girl growing up, you know, and hearing about the uh, brutality that African-American men in particular, not so much as women back then, but now we see it with women and men. So let's dialogue a little bit on uh, if you think that that we should that that should be taught uh, K through maybe not even K but maybe in um, secondary education on up to uh, say middle school to high school or 
sometimes parents are saying now, I really, African-American parents are saying, I really have to start preparing my young child, my young boy in particular, uh, in elementary school to do this and to, to do that. Uh, rather than uh, doing this or that, rather than being just free and enjoying themselves as young children. So with that being said, of what the critical race theory is all about, and and, and I know Mr. Arthur uh, inferred about one of our our, our politicians who's running for office that said it should not be taught uh, in public schools. What are your feelings? Well, Ms. Arthur, you just go ahead and tell us what your feelings are in regards to that, and then we'll hear from uh, we'll hear from Mr. Hector. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. No, uh, what he said was, and I and I sent you the video. Now, what he said was, question was asked, and and our and our candidate said, uh, "I'm against critical race theory being taught in school." Now, that's a declarative yes. statement. Now, and and, and and I have a problem with him doing it like that because you know after he got into the conversation he explained that it's not being taught in school but he took political advantage of it and i'm saying that we have democrats doing that playing that particular uh uh you know violent game and i'm just saying i think i think it's just wrong and uh you know we we and i think we need to hold folks accountable when they do that that you know they shouldn't be able to democrats shouldn't be able to use that kind of trope uh in this day and time Okay, so then, Mr. Hector, do you have any comments in regards to critical race theory? You don't have to if you don't desire to, just a, a question. No, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, again, like you, you know, you'd never been through it until you went to undergrad and everything else. And, and believe me, I'm not an expert on it, but, you know, the little I do know about it is that it's, it's really a man-made construct, you know, uh, very right. much what seems to be systemic racism to me and this man-made method of dividing humans to me is very barbaric and inhumane, you know, and yes. people, any kind of conscience should be fighting hard to abolish it. I mean, it's, because uh, if, if you notice it's more, most people of minority backgrounds tend to be discriminated more and routinely in both public and, and private spheres. Okay. African-Americans right. and Hispanics, you know, they, they, um, for instance, they tend to have harder times getting bank loans, mortgage loans, you know, and they're also more there apt to be uh, criminal behavior or victims of police brutality, as already said. You know, so, yeah, I agree 100 percent. It's it's just a, a a it was created to maintain a social barrier between whites and minorities. And it's wrong. Very good. It really is. Very good. Very good. And all this, all of that is, 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 is getting a deeper understanding of social economical issues such as poverty, such as voting rights uh, violations, which what we experience every single election. We know that. And then police brutality. We cannot live in this nation without good police officers. And I salute uh, police officers for the great work that they do every single day by putting their lives out there on the line, uh, but there, but we know in every single organization, and I can tell you unequivocally that there are nurses that will take lives from patients in a hospital. We know that. We've heard of these cases, but does not mean that all nurses are bad. Most, for the most part, 
most all nurses are great people like most uh, police officers are. And so uh, so we all need to have a good understanding. And we have this conversation with our grandchildren of, of, of what are the things that they're supposed to be doing when they get in their vehicles because I have a young, have two young boys, young men, I should call them, uh, that are my grandchildren. And so one's 22, what, 21, and then one is 15. And so I want to make sure that they make it home every single night uh, if they're out in the community. So that's a subject that African-American parents do have uh, with their children, uh, and we continue to have to have that. Pastor Cooper, any comments from you in regards to this? And then we're going to ask some final questions of Mr. Hector. And, Mr. Hector, you can stay around for our second hour, but uh, you've been amazing, and I appreciate having you on the show. Uh, Go ahead, uh, Pastor Cooper. I'm going to continue and uh, let my brother uh, Arthur continue to uh, recover from his uh, political hangover. And I'm I'm reserved my comments for after November. Uh, Very good. And and I like that. And so now that we're we're getting into that part, we know who our – well, we're going to have some runoffs, so we have to remember that. We're going to have some runoffs. Mr. Hector, if you could tell us how the community can reach out to you, uh, and whether it's your uh, email address or your uh, phone number so that they, people will know who their upcoming uh, county chair is. And I believe you take office in July. Is that correct, June or July? Which one? I take office June 13th. I take office. June, June 13th. Okay. So, uh, so how can Democrats uh, reach out to you and uh, tell us any uh, upcoming events that you're going to be hosting? And we're really happy that you're working towards finding a home for the Democratic Party. Go ahead. Yes, thank you, Shirley. I'm going to start off by giving out my phone number which I think 250,000 people in Smith County already have. Okay, <laughs> it's been posted everywhere. <laughs> but 903-283-8652. Now, this is my personal cell phone number. So 903-283-8652. And if you choose to remember something much easier, I'll give you an email address. It's Hector at HectorGarza.com. So that will make it really easy. But um, one of the one of the final okay. things that I want to touch base with, Dr. McKellar, yes. is you know by by uniting the county, by uniting our voters, by uniting our our Smith County, our Tyler. You know, Tyler is the biggest uh, town around you know in the county. So you know you have to start somewhere, and it's like we said, we start from the ground up. So one of the things that I've done, and again, um, bringing the community together, is. I've taken the initiative to ask several churches and several different organizations to host an Easter egg extravaganza hunt, okay? This is where I'm getting together the people of the Hispanic culture, the African-American culture, and the white culture together, all races together, saying we are all invited to one place to have one huge Easter egg hunt for your children. This is about the kids. This is, you know, we can go on, but everything we're doing, Dr. McKellar, everything we're doing, we're doing for our children. You know, the sun's going to set on our top. And I am so proud, so proud. Since I've gotten into this, 
I've been able to bring all my children into this who are now running for precinct chairs, who are now very active as young activists and everything. And it means a lot because they are seeing what's going on in the community and they are saying, you know, had you not told us about this, we never would have known. So bringing the youth together and bringing the youth in is so, so important. So again, you know, just a couple of things, bringing the youth in um, this Easter extravaganza, which we'll be holding at Waldo Park in April. Uh, we've already secured the permits for it and everything else. So this is how you begin to, to, to unify in the community, getting everybody together. So we have a good game plan. Um, so it, it, we have a very good game plan. You know, some of the things we're going to encourage the Democratic clubs in our local high schools and our college, our universities, uh, you know, fighting for our local veterans initiatives. You know, we, we stand alongside with the LGBTQ community. You know, so there, we have to have good representation for, for our people with disabilities and the disenfranchised. So we have a very good game plan, and uh, it's time for us to get really, really hard to work. And we expect a very, very great next two years, Dr. Makoda. So we're excited. So excellent. Excellent. Well, I think, you know, you guys have nailed this very, very beautifully tonight. What's really important is for all of us to get to know each other, understand uh, each other. Yes, we have to be educated on the inequities that that various uh, others have experienced, such as African-Americans, even Hispanics that have experienced in their lifetime. But we have great people like uh, Dr. Nancy Nichols, uh, Ms. Mitzi Russ, and all of those great um, great Democratic people who are in the Democratic clubs out there that's working for the greater good. Every single person have experienced and benefited from the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, fought by our ancestors, people like uh, uh, Congress, the late Congressman John Lewis and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, I, even our, and our parents, our grandparents, Mr. Arthur and, and, and Dr. I'm excuse me, Dr. Hadley and, and uh, Pastor Cooper and, and my ancestors who fought here in East Texas and all around the nation. I know we talk about uh, people like Dr. King and we talk about people like uh, Congressman John Lewis and many people that are out there, but we can talk about our own ancestors who fought on the streets of East Texas on the rural pig trails and streets that were not streets that may be streets now because of them. So we can talk about people that we can reach out and touch. With that being said, I want to lead us over into our next hour to talk about Katanji Brown Jackson. And we know that she's getting ready for her hearing. We, I don't know if any of you were able to get in on it to today, some of her hearings. She did her opening speech. She is an amazing, qualified judge. And she's already been through this. This is the fourth time she's been through this process. She passed the all last three in flying colors. But now we're hearing all kinds of tidbits of this, that, and the other, trying to make her not be the qualified person that she is. So we have to face up to the fact that this still exists in this country to this day. This is March. March is Women's Month. And so let's focus on uh, women and how women need to respect women as well as men. We have some great men on this show who have great respect for women. 
Dr. Hagman, Pastor Cooper, and Mr. Arthur. And they work right beside Miss Rihanna and myself. And so that's really crucial. And so let's dialogue a little bit. And now, Mr. Hector, if you want to start us off by telling us what your feelings are in regards to uh, Judge Jackson, Brown Jackson, and her hearing. I don't know if you heard any of it today. And then we're going to end later on down the line and talk about the war that is, is that we're experiencing uh, in the world. Mr. Hector, any comments in regards to Judge Catania Brown? Yes. Uh, you know, what I've seen and what I've heard of Judge Catania is, is that she's impeccable. I mean, gosh, you can't get any better than this. <laughs> you know, she, uh, we know that she graduated magna cum laude from Harvard. You know, her record is impeccable, and she just seems to be one very, very brilliant woman. Um, She stands for justice, and I just think that everything about her, she's going to serve in the right position, and she's going to do us very proudly. You know, I I can't wait. I I look forward to having her in. Very good. Okay, so uh, so Dr. Hagney, you have any comments in regards to our prospective uh, jurist? Go ahead. I saw I saw a portion of her uh, presentation today. <clears throat> what was so impressive about her, uh, she recognized what she talked about, her, the role her parents played in uh, her accomplishments. She talked about her father who went on to uh, law school, all those law books along with her coloring books. That's in, that's so impressive for our youth. Um, Senator mentioned a while ago. Our youth are our future. We have to be the guide for our future. We have to be the example for our future. And she illustrated that. And she talked something else she said was sort of very interesting. Knowing about uh, the legal component of who she was, her and also her expertise. Her knowledge yeah. of what really should be truth. You know, I think that's what well, I know that's what we all face right now. A lot of things fill in, we do a lot of things for a lot of different reasons. She was so adamant about knowing what the truth, what what the position, what law is about. And and she yeah. I think she put an excellent picture there and she and she spoke very highly of that. So I was very impressed with her to say that, you know, when she said that you didn't really see black and white in her. <laughs> You, That's right. She illustrates <laughs> what she accomplished and what she stood for. It's going to be very mm-hmm. interesting to see those questions uh, uh, towards her to see if they recognize who what she really represents, her knowledge base and her um, her uh, challenge, what she want to be. Her mind is made up. She's made up what she wants to do. So that was very impressive. She's not going to be swayed by a lot of different areas or groups or whoever she is and everything. She She's a young lady whose mind is made up through her years and background, and so she's going to be very impressive uh, to a lot of people. Yes, I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, Pastor Cooper, what are your thoughts on uh, the jurist? Well, first of all, you have to say this, and I'm surprised you hadn't said it yet. Uh, she's AKA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I thought at some point they would come out. I, I thought for sure if you no, were, I, have, I, I haven't even had my chance. I, I haven't had my chance. I I'm gonna I'm, well, I'm, I'm gonna bring up I'm the caboose. Okay, go ahead. You're the caboose. Well, I, I thought the, I, well you you are a fearless leader, and I thought for sure you would bring that out up front. First. So I, I wanted to assist you with that. Yeah, first. 
So uh, with that being said, uh, yeah, I'm excited because I'm surrounded with a bunch of uh, AKAs, and I love them to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along with my other uh, sisters, uh, but there are so many AKAs and Deltas in my life. But I love two things. One is a negative that I see as a positive. Uh, they, when she came out, uh, everyone was saying that uh, Biden, President Biden, should find someone that's not the Harvard grad, not uh, uh, top of the class. And, you know, that, that was the structure for, for the other side to say uh, we, we need to bypass her because she, she is that. Harvard grad, she is the top of the class. You know, we we need someone else from another school, another institution. But we all know that when you are African American or, or black in a community, you have to be five times, ten times as uh, prepared as your predecessor or, or anyone else. Unfortunately, so that, that that's a negative to me, which is a positive because she is prepared and and she is groomed and and, and had parents that did the right things. The other thing that, that, that I like that is a positive is that she is in touch with her roots. We have yeah. some justices that grew up. Today I got an amen. I feel like preaching. <laughs> we <laughs> have some justices that grew up uh, in an environment and some doctors that went ahead before in other appointed positions. And it, 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 and it is tough. I, I would say this. It's difficult to maintain those, those boundaries and those roots uh, when you're trying to propel yourself to that next level. But but to continue to have a, 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 a balance of who you are and a self-awareness of what you represent, I love that about it. I love it about it. So I, I'm going to pass the mic. Right. That very, very good. I mean, well, you can't say enough about it. And I like what, what uh, Dr. Hagney said, that she was sitting right there. That was so beautiful that she was sitting right there. Uh, with her coloring books, her stacks of coloring books, as her father had stacks of um, of law books, and then of course her yes. mother, uh, as Miss Rihanna, uh, was an educator, a teacher, and Mr. Arthur, educators, uh, educating. So she came from an amazing background. She her background kind of not not so much as her parents' uh, positions, but kind of reminded me of. Uh, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, and she has the young brother, and then uh, the judge has the young brother. Her young brother was there with her, and then we got a chance and the opportunity to actually see her, um, see her husband and her two daughters, uh, because I I had not seen her husband before. Uh, he actually has a twin brother, and so his his siblings and uh, and his parents and all of them came to uh, honor her. Uh, today and be there to listen to her. She was outstanding. So, uh, with that being said, I'll turn it over to you, uh, Mr. Arthur. Uh, now, I don't know why some, I was talking to a, uh, another host of uh, one of our uh, TV network folks, right. and, and I don't know why he told me. I don't know why he bring this up to me. He, he, he said, "You know, do you know that all three of the Supreme Court uh, 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 potential nominees, all of them have white husbands?" I said, "What?" Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought that was going to come out. Go right ahead, Mister. Why did so, I know? So, okay, sisters, go ahead. Eric, here, Eric, here, Eric. So, sisters, I don't want to hear no more about brothers married. Uh, uh, you, you know, about brothers, uh, 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 brother football players, married white girls. I don't hear about no more. Okay. 
So, uh, you know, we don't want to hear anymore. Well, well, we, just, no, just we do know, everybody, we know that love has no color, right? It just has no color. So, uh, has no so color. go ahead, Ms. Arthur. It has no color. No color. Has no color. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, she's well, she's well qualified. Again, you know, uh, you know, you know, it used to be that they just go ahead and just, you know, you go ahead and just pass these people on, but we've become so uh, uh, politically divided uh, in the Senate and so forth now that they go through this, you know, I hate you thing. So, uh, you know, so on the Whitey putting her through it, they know she's going to pass. So, you know, now I think if Obama would have put a black woman up, I think he might would have had a chance to get her on when he put Garland up, uh, Mary Garland. You know, I think he, he should have put, put a sister up then and then went to bow. But he didn't do that, so uh, you know. Mm-hmm. But now I think she, she she she's gonna pass, and I hope she do. Uh, you know what she say? You know, bring that perspective, and uh, you know, uh, you know, make America better. Right. Well, time timing is everything, right? And so um, so who knows? This may may be the time. Well, this is the time, obviously, because it did not happen with with President Obama. And 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 you nailed it pretty much that he would have been in for a fight if he had put her up. It would have been all about race. And even though uh, Ted Cruz said today it's not about race, and then I don't know if you guys heard um, uh, what's the other fellow, our other uh, senator, uh, both of them spoke today, and uh, and they had a lot of nothing to say. But anyways, did you guys hear them? Did you hear our senators from Texas speaking today about her? I try not to. I try not to. Yeah. We try not to. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, they had a lot to say, and then of course Ted Cruz says that it's not about uh, it was not about race. Uh, uh, that his his uh, well that the uh, op- oppositions from from the Republicans was not about race. It had nothing to do with race. Uh, it had to do and and and, I, and I'll share with you. We, and we all know that she clerked for uh, for Justice Breyer. Uh, th- this young lady is well, well, well. A prepared, well-trained. Um, so, but with that being said, sure, the somebody, sure, that, somebody tell Ted, sure, somebody tell Ted Cruz he ain't white. Somebody tell him he ain't white. Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, he he doesn't know. You didn't, well, okay. well, well, he tell, if he said, well, you know, it ain't about race, then what, is he saying he white? Is that what he's saying? Hey y'all, ain't about race. Right. He crossed over. Yeah, will somebody <laughs> tell him? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mr. I'll send him a memo. <laughs> well, if, if he had gone to Baylor University about five years ago, they would have reminded him at the parties that they had. Yes, they would have. What would happen? Good point. Good point. Oh, you yeah. can't come yeah. in, right? You can't come in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, that 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 that, that would have been the wrong. Well, not invited. Yes. Well, you, you invited. know, I, well, Eddie here, Eddie here, uh, 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 brother Garza, uh, Ted Cruz is y'all. He he did Hispanic uh, Clarence Thomas for y'all. <laughs> oh, speak, speak. Speaking of Clarence Thomas, uh, we 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 wish him well. We pray that he gets well. I'm going to change that, Mr. Hector. You don't have to address it if you don't want to. Yeah, no, you know, Clarence Thomas was admitted to the hospital yeah. today. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, don't oh don't goodness. do that. 
Don't do that. Don't do that to our new county chair. Yeah, don't do that. I'm just going to say, Brother Garza, if you need to go on to another meeting or another Zoom, you might want to go ahead and exit stage left. Yeah, I'm just saying. This this group is rowdy fun. I'm shaking my head. I'm I'm just saying. I try to keep them in check. Oh, yes, it that's is. Why, that's why we got the pastor on board. <laughs> Praying a lot. Praying Keep a that lot. straight lace line. Uh, yes. Mr. Hector, were you, were you trying to make a comment? We'll allow you to make a comment. <laughs> we just oh, have no, a great no, no. Time. I'm we just always... sitting here shaking my head and smiling real big. <laughs> wise man. Wise man. That's a wise man. It's Bill Clarence Thomas. I had only Mr. Arthur could come up with something like that. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my man. Oh, my. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, thanks very much. That was great. So, um, let's talk then a little. Bit. We, we all we all agree, and as much I have a lot of activities going on this week, a lot of summits that I have to attend. But I want to get in on as much as that, so we can talk about it uh, on Thursday how um, how this is turning out. But I believe now you heard her. You heard her best friend from law school introduce her. And both of them graduated magna cum laude from, from law school. These are brilliant, brilliant women who happen to be African-Americans. Um, introduced her and talked about she will be totally prepared. And the big issue that, that uh, Ted Cruz was talking about was how she uh, judged the uh, pedophiles, I believe. So I, I, I can't wait to hear uh, her, uh, what she has to say in regards to that, because you know they, that's 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 the one thing that that they could only come up with, and that they're going to be attacking her big time on that particular issue. And so, with that being said, uh, we can move on and talk a little bit more. We talk a little bit about well, I'm, I'm looking now on uh, uh, Launch O'Donnell's show is coming up, and he was showing the first black jurors that was elected in, in, the, um, in the country, and I'm, I missed her name. Did any, does anybody know who that person is, a beautiful African-American woman that was uh, the first black jurist uh, in, back in the day? Did anybody see that? I, I think it, it went away before I, I, I could catch her name. Florence yeah. or something? Someone mentioned, Did you someone mentioned her name today. Yeah, someone mentioned her There's name something today. Williams, I, There's something Williams. Something Williams? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Miss Rihanna's not on. I was going to have her to Google that, uh, but um, that, I, I learned something really beautiful today. And and as I mentioned, this is Women's Month. Uh, March is Women's Month, and so we're honoring women for the great work. And and let me just say, we're going to have as a special guest on our show. I, and I think it's next week. We're going to have Dr. Sandra Owens and Pastor uh, Cooper. Well, you may not know Pastor Cooper, but uh, Dr. Hagney may know her, and she uh, she just retired from Tyler Independent School District, uh, and I believe she retired the last school session. Uh, she is a member of the uh, American Association of University Women, and she put on the beautiful event. She's the vice president, put on the beautiful event that we were able to uh, be honored to take a part and be a part. It featured uh, 
six of us, I believe, or maybe five or six. It was six of us, I believe, uh, that, uh, that, and the name of their show was uh, African-American Women in East Texas Who Broke the Glass Ceiling and Reached a yeah. High Position in Management. You know, you know who I'm mm-hmm. talking about? That and so she's oh, yeah. going to be our special guest. Yeah, we're going to bring her on. Uh, I I think it's next week that she's coming on uh, to be with us. She is also a sorority sister, and um, and so we'll we'll go from there. But she's going to talk about uh, uh, women, women in Tyler, African American women of color, and women. Period. Because Judge Judith Guffrey, who we'll have to invite her to come on, she was one of the ones, uh, uh, um, the Honorable Joanne Hampton, the Honorable uh, Judith Guffrey, and uh, yeah. uh, the young lady who actually was in charge of uh, Leadership Tyler. She was the president of Leadership right. Tyler, mm-hmm. and she said, yeah, right. she stepped it down. So it was, it was outstanding, um, I, I must say. And uh, so, but we want her to come on and talk about uh, uh, women. And what's important to me, gentlemen, is that women uh, respect and embrace each other. Uh, and and not try to tear down women don't try to tear down one another but try to lift each other up and because the gentlemen are, are working to lift up the women but I see sometimes how women uh, can tear try to tear down each other and so mm-hmm. but that's not right we have to uh, we have mm-hmm. to encourage and lift up there, there the one thing I can tell you there is no perfect being right and we're all fallible yeah, creatures, right. subject to mistakes, subject to error in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. so we just have to learn not to try to beat up on one another. So, any mm-hmm. comments, uh, oh. Dr. Hagney? Go yeah. ahead. Any comments? Yeah, I like to comment um, back to what um, yes, Bob yes, the sir. first jurors. You know, we were talking about looking at the really uh, the black pioneers in East Texas uh, uh, yes. doing black yes. history. Looking, I mean, the first people. Uh, I think, you know, right. that's what Lawrence is talking about, that first jurors. When we think about sure. the black the midwives in East Texas, the first black yes. nurse, the first yes. black doctor, I think yes. in our history, what we need when we start earning people, the caring people great. There are people you mentioned earlier who really, <laughs> they went through hard knocks in East Texas. They might yes, be midwives sir. or deliveries and all those people early on who survived East Texas. I think we need to honor them. And since women, who were the first women, even in education, uh, nursing, uh, uh, midwives, uh, medicine, I think we, we forget those first people. They had it rough. We think we have it rough now. <laughs> it's right. another compared to what they went through in those first days. So I, if you have the opportunity, uh, if you all can identify those, those women in East Texas, those first ones, I mean really the real first ones. Very good. Very good. Well, it, well, I can tell you the very first registered nurse that was hired at the quote unquote, it used to be called the Chest Hospital, uh, but it actually uh, is University of Texas Health Science Center now is uh, the late Miss Dorothy McGowan. She was the first registered nurse. And then Miss um, Miss um, Cato was the first LVN, and she is still living. She just moved to uh, she moved she moved to uh, Dallas, Texas, to live with her grandson uh, because her son and her daughter both are deceased. And so, um, so she is still and, and still pretty uh, very alert. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, so we may have to 
to get her back down. We actually honored her as one of the freedom fighters uh, prior to COVID. And let me just share this with you, gentlemen, that on uh, June the 18th, we actually, and and Dr. Hagney, you're actually going to be a very intricate part of this. June the 18th, we're going to focus on uh, some of the families, the first families to help to lay down uh, grassroots here in East Texas, in particular in Tyler, Texas, uh, that, wow. that fought uh, against uh, the Jim Crow laws and removing oh, yeah. the, uh, the water fountain signs that said colored only oh, yeah. at Smith County Courthouse yeah. and all of that. And so, and then mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dr. Hagney worked closely with Miss Dorothy Franks who is a great historian oh, yeah. uh, that, and that she has done so much great history and, and laid so many um, uh, historical markers throughout East Texas. We talked about uh, the Devereux family, uh, Dr. Agnes yes. Familia, out there in Anadarko mm-hmm. community. Uh, yeah. That's uh, Laneville, I think is what the actual city right. is called. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so there are Real several time. families. So we so we wanted to bring in uh, Miss uh, Dorothy Franks uh, and uh, Miss Loretta Ryder, who whose uh, grandfather was Mr. Butler, who started Butler College. And yes, then my grandfather yes. was one of the, once he helped to build the structure, Butler College started out out there at where the Chest Hospital area, UT Health Center on 271, started mm-hmm. out there, and then they moved into Butler College community and built the actual college. And then after they mm-hmm. built the college, then my grandfather was one of the first students to go to college there and graduate but the but the interesting part about Butler College is that it never ever re- received its accreditation, and a lot of people mm. may not even know that part. I but, I didn't uh, that. but that's a yes, they never received their accreditation, and uh, but but they but the, the graduates went on to teach and went on oh. to do yes. whatever they needed to do in 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 the public school system right here in Tyler, yes. Texas. So, so that's during Juneteenth weekend, and so we thought, what a great way, because everybody knows that I'm a great proponent of black history being 365 days per year. So, um, so those are some of the things we're going to cover from Cherokee County to, to uh, Rust County to uh, Smith County uh, and focus on, in particular, Rust County, uh, even though, even though, Dr. Hagney lives in West County. He belongs to Smith County too. And so he had his, he had, his, had his business set up here in Smith County. So you know, any, you any know, comments? You know, go ahead. Go ahead. Interesting. You mentioned yes, that I was telling someone else about understanding if you if you redraw the plantation boundaries in East Texas, you will see that a major a lot of the majority of the black communities are actually still on the plantations. You, yes, you just sir. mentioned Aladarka and over there in uh, Russ County. We have an issue yes. over in Edom today. There, there. That's we, right. We're trying to do a. Well, they want to help with a vaccination project in Edom, but they that big rent, that big plantation. Miss, I'm glad you mentioned Dorothy. She's researching that. Implement. A lot of the blacks who live in that area of Edom was actually on that plantation. And so when yes. you when you report them about a lot of issues, you got to recognize they're tied to the plantation ideas. Is you have to yes. reach and you have to understand that history when you approach them because they're the one who stayed in East Texas. They represent East Texas. 
It's not the people who left East Texas and say they're East Texans. That's it. It's the people who right here in East Texas on these plantations, they can tell you the story. They can tell you why people mm-hmm. respond and the way they respond in East Texas. And that's why I want to mention to uh, Gaza, you need to understand the background of people in East Texas that's still on a lot of the plantations in East Texas, boundaries. Very good. Mr. Arthur? Very good. Uh, and, I, and I think what Doc is talking about, Gaza, he's talking about the plantation mentality. They still down yes, there. They never left. Yes, he <laughs> yes, is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, like I say, so I think what he's basically just saying is that, you know, as you approach them, you know, uh, you know, study about, you know, study the culture, you know, uh, you know about, you know, the history down there, because that's the most segregated uh, area in Texas. That's the uh, 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 Confederate stronghold that's left over from all those plantations, like he's saying. So, uh, so we don't be able to approach them, and uh, you know, like we do, you know. Folks in maybe another part of Texas because of you know you know the history and stuff. So uh, hey, but whatever we can do to help, and I mean, and you got Sherry McKellar out helping out. So you know, whatever we uh, and we're gonna be still still focusing on East Texas because again, like I said, what happened this past on a million people vote in a Democratic uh, part in the primary. Some you know you know you have to plan for that to happen. Somebody plan that, and so we need to so we need to plan something else. So I'm looking right. forward to working with you. Okay, very good. Well, even well, though I want to jump in on, on one thing. Mr. Please do, uh, Pastor Cooper. Well, just on one thing to follow up on what uh, Brother Arthur's saying, so you won't think that I'm just out here asleep. Uh, and, <laughs> and I will wait to November to say some other comments. But when he's talking about the, the, the lay of the land in, in this past election, uh, I would address it as, uh, a form of laziness uh, from our leaders in, in the party, uh, okay. and, and that's what I'm hoping that Hector brings to to, to the table. Uh, yeah. We we can't just go with what's easy. We can't just go with what we think what the people want. When we're talking about leadership, leadership is actually cultivating and developing candidates all throughout the state of Texas, and that's what we're lacking in in a particular party. Uh, and 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 I just have to say this: it's it's been it's been done in the other party. Uh, other right. folks uh, cultivating and developing leaders, and and on more one of a part than, than what's happening now in our party. So uh, again, I, I'm gonna wait to November, and we're gonna expound upon that, and then we're gonna jump in, and we're gonna we're gonna stay in right now and continue to try to help out where we can. Very good, and and you you're you're right about it. And so there's we have actually some brilliant uh, people who are in uh, in the party, the Democratic Party, uh, Mr. Hector being one that can come up with some ways of how we can uh, come together and walk arm in arm, hand in hand uh, with uh, with each other. And then with those that we think would be the best candidates for for the positions that we see, we need more more people. We need more balance across the state of Texas. We don't have it, even in the jurist uh, in, in the state of Texas. We don't have a good balance. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Go ahead. Hey, 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 I want to be clear. Now, now I'm, I am going to vote for Beto because I'm going to vote for the least racist person. <laughs> 
okay? So, uh, you know, so I will be voting for him. Uh, you know, but I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping that, that those folks that set all this up, I hope they're going to do their part because, again, again, I didn't see them motivating nobody during the primary, so I don't know if they got some switch they can just turn on and then folks just going to jump. I mean, you know, so, you know, we'll see. But, uh, again, I am going to vote for Beto because I always vote. Of course, that's been historical for our community. We always vote for the least racist person because, you know, it's always had to vote for it up to this point anyway. So uh, I'll do that. Okay. Thank so I won't you. Have it on. Thank you. You want, you want Abbott gone. Is that right? Yeah. Mr. Hector, you have any comments? <laughs> any comments? I, you know, and as, as long as Abbott's gone, you know, I go along with anything, okay? Um, exactly. No, and, and exactly. I with we, we need to, we need to uh, get Beto in there. You know, I, I have real strong, strong hopes and real strong expectations of him. Um, but as far as women, women empowerment, oh, my gosh, you know, we need different leadership. Um, on the women empowerment part, you know, hey, it's very important for us to uh, also look at the women, look at the female side of this, because uh, women collaborating tend to move other women into power, and they trust each other more, and, and they move mountains. I mean, gosh, you know. Yeah. So so come November, we'll be doing a lot of changes. Um you know, the good thing is I got really, really good people behind me, like like Sherman, yeah. uh, Dr. McCullough said earlier, I've got her. You know, I've got the Mitzi Rusty's, you Nancy Nichols. You know, I've yes, got a lot of mentors. Yes. I've got a lot of people that Ms. can really, Ms. really Tony, help me out with this, so. I mean, all of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Ms. Shirley, my, my twin, Shirley. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we've yeah. We've got you, so many of them. A, you know, I'm exactly. blessed to be proud a a ton of women out here you know i could go through the names of the stacy's and the allers and the shirley's and the mitzies and the tony's and the deans you know all these yeah, all these women that oh gosh they, they're so active Stacey, and, you know very i yeah very. you know i i call it just just the thousand years of knowledge it's sitting right here with me you know, so absolutely, i've got a thousand absolutely. years of knowledge on my corner so we're going to be all right. And let me, and let me just, absolutely, and I'm just going to say, uh, and I'm in the midst of a lot of gentlemen, but they already know women are out there working like you would not believe. And, and Pastor Cooper can acknowledge this. If there were not women, uh, the, uh, the pastor or the preachers would say, and farewell. <laughs> My brother Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Because those yeah. women are there when the men are not. There's more women than men that are in the churches. There are more women than men that are out there fighting uh, to uh, knock on doors and be precinct chairs and, and do all those things to get people to the polls. If you look at the numbers, the women are there. And that's why I say women have to salute each other. They have to uplift each other because the gentlemen are going to because they know they need the women, but the women need the men as well. We have to keep all of that. We need each other, and it's really important that we work together as a team infatigably hard to accomplish the goals and objectives that we like to see happen in our country, because we know that even though America is the greatest place to live and and we got military personnel on this phone, Mr. Arthur, Dr. Hagney, and, and and we travel around the world. But let me just tell you, I want to be right here where I am in America, in East Texas, at that. 
and I've seen a lot of things, a lot of places, and a lot of people. And even my heart, my heart goes out to the people in Ukraine. I've walked the streets of Ukraine, and I have friends that are Ukrainians that live out there, and I wonder to this day uh, where they are, if they're okay, if they're still alive, and the things that, that they are experiencing right now. Because I, I think uh, we, we are all uh, biblical students here, and we say, who's our neighbor? And so uh, it doesn't mean that the person next door is the only neighbor that you have. It could be in the next state or the next country uh, can be your neighbor. That's why we at North Joint Ventures, Inc., set up a program to help and work along with uh, youth uh, with the mission out there in Lindale, Texas. We're raising money to send out there to them to, uh, to help to get supplies and things with the Mercy Ship over to uh, Ukraine. And we know that America has done amazing uh, work in helping to get uh, uh, some things over supplies and whatever else that they need, food. And so I look at the, the women who were in that clinic uh, that were trying to bear children, uh, lives taken. Uh, it's, it's a serious matter. And we're in some serious times, and so we have to do what we can to help uh, the voiceless and those that are helpless. With that being said, any comments from anybody? My my final comment on that is, is very important about what you're saying, and I've got to give a final kudos to, to all the women in East Texas that throughout my campaign, I'm going to tell you, we had women that were out there when it was 20 degrees snowing, yes, knocking on doors yes. daily, every single day. Yes. And, you know, the message wasn't so much vote for Hector. The message was get out and vote, you know, use That's your right. privilege, right. use your your, your your voice and you know and and you know all the Larnas and the Tonys and and the Shirley's and everybody you know Stacy's and the Allers my hats off these are some yeah. powerful women we have yeah. I've seen them endure things that a lot of men would not have endured so my hats off to them thank you and my and my hat right along with you Mr Arthur comments uh, Mr Arthur always well, reminds I'm- me. Not to forget the men. <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, again, again, like I said, if you, sure, if you if you get to the promised land and, and you don't see the brothers, it ain't the promised land. That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the, we got to we got to have the we got to have the men right along beside us. <laughs> we, we were we were both put here for a purpose, right? And the That's women right. cannot carry That's out right. that purpose without the men. That's beautiful. Well, very, very well. Well, well, the bottom line of it, what well, the bottom line of it is, you know, you know, in the diaspora, you know, you know, we yin and yang. If we have a true. And again, I, I told you, the Republican Party, they're recruiting the the brothers. Democratic Party wants sisters. There's new coalitions being formed as we speak, and so we got to be uh, understand that our power is in the block vote. We don't want the person vote. We don't want the group to vote. Ninety plus percent tied together. True. So, uh, yes. you know, so we just need to figure out how to utilize that uh, in a more, <clears throat> you know, in a more effective way. You know, uh, you know, we say, you, you know, we, don't, we, you know, the Jewish vote, you know, they, you know, it ain't that many of them, but they vote like 80, 90 percent tile, you know, whenever they right. vote. So, so, you know, so, you know, we just need to educate ourselves what we can do, you know, a similar thing. You know, we don't need folks sending us no advertisements and stuff. We just need to educate our 
folks on the boat. So that's what I intend to start working on, basically seeing what we can do. Um, I, I, I talked to folks up here already about doing a voter uh, uh, a voter think tank, uh, one that's you know based about voting strategies and different stuff. How we can, you know, galvanize Great. our strategy and so forth. So uh, again, Great. like because folks not satisfied with they saying the same thing I said when they saw them about a million folks vote. They say, you know, yeah. hey, what happened? So, you know, folks trying to figure out what was that. Hmm. And so we just gotta, you know, we just gotta just organize ourselves, educate ourselves, and uh. You know, uh, you know, get in the, you know, take some of the money, out the money changers' hands, and put and put the power of the people in there. Uh, and also, before uh, Hector leaves us, uh, you know, along the same lines with uh, Brother Arthur's talking about there, there eighty-five percent of the folks that did not vote in this uh, twenty-two primary. This is from the uh, Tribune uh, paper they did. The, uh, I've been waiting for some of these reports to come out, and. Um, Six million registered voters just in Harris County, Bexar County, uh, Bear County, uh, Dallas, and Travis County, and you only had eight percent of those folks come out. How, how do we change yeah. that? How do we change it? How do we go forward? Um, Mr. Hector. Okay. How do we go forward? Yeah. Once yeah. again, yeah. boots on the ground. You know, boots on the ground mm-hmm. is one of the most important ones. And, you know, the, the, the same women that we have out, the same women knocking on the doors and everything, these are the voices that are going to be out there that are going to be talking to them, and they're going to really, really do a grassroots effort to exactly tell them, you know, your voice, and we need you, and get out there. Uh, by doing the same thing that we've been doing, block walking, phone banking, you know, we've got to get the word out. We've got to get it out verbally. We've got to get it out physically, and we need to bring them. You know, we need to change these numbers because if, if you look at the 2022, if you look at the primaries and the numbers, like you said, that, that we had, oh, my gosh, they're, you know, they're unreal. I mean, we were – our voter turnout, I think, was um, one-fourth. We were at 20% or somewhere in that margin compared to the Republican Party turnout. And uh, it, it, it's really gut-wrenching. It really but, but, is heartbreaking to see them numbers. Brother Gosman, yeah. what, what gets me is that, okay, we're in the midst of a voter suppression uh, effort with a, with, with, a with a fascism attitude behind it. And our and our leaders and I and our civil rights leaders also. Uh, nobody has any urgency. It's just like, okay, hmm. and I'm and I'm saying, what's yeah. going on? What's going yeah. on with that? Right. Yeah, and and exactly. This is why this is why I keep using the word the aggressive. You know, you have the word progressive, and we're seeing the Democratic Party tune into a more aggressive attitude. And the progressives are really starting to rise up, and they're saying, we've had enough. You know, we can't do this anymore. And the people, the, the, the I'm going to say my mentors and the people that I work with every day, this is a large group of really progressive, and a lot of people are afraid to use or hear that word progressive. You know, so I'll yeah. switch it around a little bit, and I'll say the word aggressive instead of progressive. But, you know, it's time. When, when something doesn't work for so long, you change the formula. And sometimes you need to put your foot down. You know, as my father and as your father and our grandparents would have <clears throat> taught us, you know, there's a time to put your foot down. There's a time to say enough is enough. 
and this is where you use the word aggressive, progressive, however you want. You know, I choose to use the word aggressive because it's a stance that I have to take in my county. It's a stance that it's the only stance that's going to work. You have to become a more aggressive person, you know, and do it in a kind way, do it in a, but in a firm way. You know, you can be nice, but you can be firm at the same time. You can stand your ground and stand your beliefs and be nice at the same time. But but the days are, the days are, you know, being dormant. They're not there anymore. I mean, it's, those days are over. So now you have to be aggressive. You know, you have to go well, for it. Well, you know, you know I, I have two comments. First, go ahead, first my first concern, I'm first, I'm, my first concern the people who are not voting are they being listened to? That's mm-hmm. first. That's the, are they giving a voice? That's first one. Other, my other point is uh, we don't know which fight to fight. Mm-hmm. We've been fighting the wrong fight, and so uh, and that's if you look at the results. I mentioned I mentioned I mentioned healthcare. If anybody think about running for political office locally, national, statewide, the state of Texas. If you look at the health stats in East Texas, how in the world you expect, and you look at the money, the dollars that are coming in, all this whole area is supposed to be helping health care. If you look at the results, it's not surprising a person who's facing those horrible numbers do not vote. So there, right. there's a disconnect of what really is going on and what people really believe. And, like I, and when you talk about unacceptable, unacceptable stats, there are some healthcare mm-hmm. stats in East Texas uh, that are unacceptable. Unacceptable, and you ask, you think people are going to vote for the established system when the system doesn't understand the problem? And mm-hmm. that's what that was one of my one of my recommendations earlier. There is no healthcare plan for these individuals. So why should they vote for you if you don't have a healthcare plan to help their their specific needs? So I tell every person running, oh, look at that. Health status report of Northeast Texas, and like I said, one of the guys says this has been a country, been the worst country in the world. So how do you expect individuals who live in the health worst part of the country world to vote for you when you when you don't know what their issues are? For example, you don't you track the dollars that come out of Washington D.C. into Northeast Texas. Where do those dollars go to, and who receives those dollars? I'm talking about the healthcare dollars. Right, right. And see that's well, Dr. that's Dr. what it that's yeah. what. It, Right, That's and, and can I, if I can jump in for a, a second, sorry. I like what you're having to say, and I I, I want to focus back on that word that uh, Mr. Hector was using, the, the word progressive. See, Dr. Hagney, it, and all progressive is, progressive, can, you, if you want to look at it as an adjective or look at it as a noun, I, I, I focus on it being an adjective. And it's all we're talking about is proceedings, all we're talking about is ideas and how you want to they forcefully implement those ideas. That's what Dr. Hagner is very progressive in the field of medicine, and that's his focus. He's a pharmacist, and so well, therefore he wants to see people with great health care. My family were progressive economically. They were business people, and they were forceful mm-hmm. in step-by-step how they could make a good living economically. Go ahead, somebody wants to mm-hmm. say something. Sure. And I, and sure. Let me give you one class. Let me give you one class example. Okay, Mr. Arthur, you'll be next. Go ahead, Mr. Okay. Dr. If you look at the death rate of black males that relates to prostate cancer, which is twice yes. as a white male in these United States today, we can even go right. to black death rates with the women. 
So I'm excited about go. all the AKAs in, in Houston. We're gonna run we're gonna launch a prostate project. All those young ladies in Houston, we want them to get whoever they know male to get a PSA test. How can you ask someone a, a black male to vote for you and you don't even know if he has a PSA test or not? And you don't know what the PSA tests are. So I'm excited about all those five thousand young ladies in Houston to have one of the person they know, whether it be father, brother, whatever, get a pet, uh, get a, a prostate test in that project we're going to launch. Then you touch people. And that's what people. I call liberal ideas. Liberal ideas. Liberal ideas. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Progressive. Let's understand what progressive. Frank Luntz, the Republican uh, a word person, he made that into a political thing, progressive. Exactly. Now, exactly. Progressive, progressive means you want health care for everybody. Okay, that's progressive, right? Exactly. That's bad. Exactly. Uh, that's what you, I mean. You, know, you want to be able to vote because you're an American citizen. That's progressive. You want your voting right. That's progressive. Exactly. So I'm trying to say that they've racialized the word progressive. It doesn't that's right. mean. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, the, it's not a negative term at all. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, but they made it a negative political term, progressive. Exactly. So all I'm saying is that, Correct. you know, you know, but progressive is is, is me wanting as a veteran and, and what I thought, I want to, I, I want an America that respects all its citizens. That's what I want. Well, so, well see that that's progressive. That's progressive because yes, that ain't sir. what America does. Yes. You know, so all yes. I'm saying is yes. that you know we don't social reform. Just try not social to let reform. Yeah, yeah. So let's not, you know, let uh, don't let folks trick us into those uh, terms to describe ourselves. We need to describe our own exactly. self, and don't let them use exactly. words like progressive. Because I know too many conservative black folks. Uh, you know, some folks say, you know, folks tell me I'm, folks tell me I'm conservative. And, you know, you know, actually, you know, so, you know, so, so I'm just saying that, you know, uh, uh, but, but but some of the stuff that I talk about, that would that would be considered progressive. You know, and I, you know, I consider right. it just learning and just trying to educate folks about stuff. So, again, you know. Well, well let me say this, Mr. Arthur. I, I think that if you grew up in East Texas, you're going to have a tinge of uh, conservatism, uh, but you have pro- progressive ideologies just as what we're talking about right now, what you want to see happen for veterans, what you want, what Dr. Hagney wants to see happen for every person in America, not just of a certain ethnicity, uh, because he's already laid out uh, the PSA, the cancer, prostate cancer, for in comparison to Caucasians. Right. And then he talked about the, um, uh, the mortality rate of, of, of black women to, and their children, they die sooner or they don't even make it mm-hmm. throughout the process of the nine months. Or, and if they make it to the nine months, then the babies may end up with crib death or they may end up with, with other issues uh, once they're born, and, whether it's uh, born and too early. That Doc, and, 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 and the fact uh-huh. that Doc wants that stop, and the fact that Doc wants that stop, he's a progressive. He wants all exactly. that because that's racism in healthcare. He wants all that stuff. Now, he, now he's yes. progressive. You see what I'm saying? That's right. So I'm just saying oh, that absolutely. you know if they racialized it and, and uh, to make it you know make it something that you know it's just it's, it's like CRT. It's like critical race theory. It's just mm-hmm. a word they can throw everything into. Right, right. Well, I, I don't back up the right. word progressive. I'm very, very progressive. Go ahead, Mr. Uh, Hector. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I agree. I agree. And, it, you know, going into terminology, this is this is also why I said, you know, let's choose the word. I, I prefer to use the word aggressive. Okay. A lot of people call it progressive. 
but I choose right. to use the word aggressive because, you know, we need to actively, actively and aggressively, you know, go for legislation that represents people with disabilities, our, our veteran initiatives, your PSAs, et cetera. You know, they, these are items that we need to aggressively attack because nobody has been attacking them. You know, so when right. I use the word aggressive, you know, it, it, a lot of people choose to use the word progressive, and that's why I chose aggressive, you know, because we need to aggressively attack these. So, you know, aggressive, progressive it is issues. like you said, a word made issues. up like your CRT. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and but, even I mean, people look right, at that, they, they look, and they look at that word, aggressive, as a negative term. And and if you look at the definition of aggressive, uh, I don't have have it in front of me, but if you look at it, uh, in, when when police officers or uh, people would say, well, she was so aggressive in my face kind of thing, you know, her behavior was, they look at it as a negative term. So, uh I, but I don't. I action. Don't really it's a word that. of action. Action. Okay. See. Exactly. Exactly. It's a word of attack, uh, so to speak, is the yeah. way that people yeah. look at at that term. But I understand what Mr. Hector is saying. Understand him fully. What he's saying. But I'm saying. So, like Mr. Arthur says, people take words and they turn them around to make them be something else that they really are not meant to be. And that, especially and particularly, uh, the word progressive. Um, right, and then when we, we uh, and then when we keep trying to use it, and then when we keep trying to use it, we be uh, you know we be undefining our own self, trying to use you know because the word the, the word's been contaminated, the progressive that word right. that word's been contaminated. <laughs> so I don't know what we, 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 we oh, need to find oh, I, word. I got the. Can I jump in? Constance Baker Motley was the first. They're paying tribute to Constance Bake, and her her grandson, I believe, is on right now talking about uh, talking about her. She was the okay. first jurist, Constance Baker Motley, okay. M O T L E Y. Uh, it was the first yeah. beautiful uh, African American woman. I'm sorry, I, I just happened to see it pop up there, so I wanted to mention that. Uh, go ahead, somebody whomever was speaking, and I'm sorry to cut in on you. Was it you, Mr. Arthur? Uh, well, well, all I'm saying is that we need to come up. We, we, we need to come up with a. We, we got a lot of smart people here. We need to come up with another word uh, to describe our actions. <laughs> that's not the commonly word, commonly used word, progressive. Uh, right. the, Mr. Gars, you got one. I know you're a pretty smart fellow. You just put one out your hat, boy. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so used to the word aggressive, but I use it in such a good way. It, it, it's like I'm not stopping yeah. until we do something. Uh, productive. Let's say, let's say productive. You know, yes. a productive. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, that's a good one. That's a good one. And we have to. Go ahead, Pastor Cooper. Aggressively, Pastor Cooper. aggressively progressive. Yeah, aggressively progressive. <laughs> yeah, but the synonym for aggressive is hostile, belligerent. That's see. That's this, what I'm saying. This that's is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You're in your face. Uh, kind of want to fight yeah. kind of attitude. That's what police officers <laughs> right. say that that when they're describing how a, a citizen was doing a, a, an arrest, uh, they were aggressive. They wanted to fight. They Violent. were hostile, violent. That's exact. All of those yeah. negative terms is what you right. get. And 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 when when I hear the word aggressive, that it, it really sounds uh, hostile to me. That's just me. How, but, how about assertive? Um, how, how about assertive? How about assertive? I always use assertive. assertive. I, I, that's, I, I like use that assertive. 
and not and not and not aggressive because assertive, assertive or see, persistent even it, it and persistent that's a good word see it sound, those words if you just listen to them they sound kind assertive sounds sounds very kind and kind of gentle uh, but getting where you need to be aggressive sounds kind of hard and harsh do you hear it in the sounds of the word we need to be more politically assertive in different areas and even people have yes people have even used politically correct and so forth but but that's it's all good these are this is a beautiful discussion tonight beautiful discussion well it's nine fifty four gentlemen and so we have just a few more minutes and i i really don't want to be uh i don't want to be remiss and not bring in kanye west and the fact that he is going to be excluded from the grammys and the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this in is because uh, another one of uh, my uh, pet peeves and Dr. Hagney is uh, is mental health, and 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 of course uh, all of us are concerned with uh, with mental health. We have our psychologist who is uh, uh, Pastor Cooper, and uh, spent his life's work uh, dealing with. Um, uh, people with uh, mental illness and and those kinds of things, and I'm not, you know, I I, I don't know I know the history of um, of of Kanye as far as uh, being a patient, but uh, I do know that um, that it has been said that um, he had some issues, especially after the uh, sudden death of his mother, and it seems as though. Uh, from that point that he's kind of been on a little roller coaster every now and then again. But this is somebody who has gotten how many awards? I think five. He's been five nominees, rather. And he's going to be excluded from uh, a bar from performing at the Grammys this year. And, no, and they said they, they because know of his, concerning be, his concerning behavior online. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. No. No, uh, no. Basically, what happened was, you know, he got. You, you know, he lived in Wyoming, right? You know, he got one of them big ranch ranches out there in the Wyoming. So, anyway, you know, like, you know, what they found out was that, you know, how he became a billionaire and all like that was, you know, he was doing, you know, he was doing uh, a business with Putin and flipping them properties and things. You know, so he was kind of, you know, he made a lot of money with them, with them Russians. So that's probably why yeah. they don't want him at the Grammys. I see. Well, I, I, I was not aware. I was not aware. Go ahead, Mr. Hatcher. No, I, I'm just saying I was not aware of that. And, you know, I, was I know a little I, bit of what he's been going through and his online behaviors and, you know, what's been going on with Pete Davidson and everything. But that is one I did right. not know. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that to light. Mr. Arthur <laughs> knows about everything, I may tell you, Mr. <laughs> <Okay>. Hatcher. <laughs> He, he is well-versed, <laughs> very smart, uh, uh, political, <laughs> political, very smart uh, educator, period. I mean, he's just uh, abreast of what is going on. And so uh, I did not know that as well. I mean, I know that he's big into real estate, but I didn't know who he was big into real estate with. Uh, because, you know, you remember he was all in the White House with Trump, him and his, with, well, that him I and did his girl know. was all up you know, all up in the White I, House I with Trump. Yeah, you I know, all that stuff, that. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, and then Trump got in the run for president. It was all a big joke, remember? All that kind of stuff. Right. You know, so, yeah. I do remember. <laughs> I do. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> okay, just missed the – okay, so so are you saying that that connection uh, to Trump connected him to Putin? 
Well, I, I know it's documented that he was doing business with him. He did some of them. So, so some of those, some okay. of the same stuff that Trump was doing, you know, when he made with them okay. properties, you know, buy them exactly. and then, right. and then, and then so sell them, you know. Turn and, them, and them around it. really fast and make a mint on them. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, yeah, you're okay. them longer they money, money, basically what they're doing. Right. Russia's kind of laundry money. Really. Well, Mr. Hector, it has been amazing to have you on. It's 958. If you have uh, any final comments or anything that you'd like for our listeners to, to know about out there, you've been outstanding. We have been delighted to have you on our show tonight, and you're welcome back to Marvelous Monday at any given time. Right back here <laughs> each Monday night. We're here from 8 until 10 p.m. Texas time, and uh, people listen to us from everywhere. No, yeah, I just want to thank everybody for allowing me to be here today. It's very educational. Um, I enjoy being here with Arthur and Dr. Mata and, of course, you, uh, Dr. Hatton. But what I wanted to say is just thank you to everybody. I want to thank Smith County for entrusting me with your vote. I want to thank all the voters yeah. out there. I want to thank the, the tons of volunteers, you know, going from Greg Grubb to Jackie Wills, to the Parsons, to yes. Patricia Francis, to, to the Lila yes. McCoys, the Lawrence, everybody out there, the Shirley's. I just want to thank everybody and uh, let you know that I'm going to work hard for you. I'm going to be here for you. And I plan to move this party very, very much forward. And now I've got two new friends that I can reach out to with a world of wisdom <laughs> and knowledge. And I can say, hey, I need your advice. So I thank you all so much for allowing me to be here with you this evening. It was an honor. It truly was. Yes, yes, it is, and it's absolutely an honor. And so we say kudos to all of those uh, Democrats out there in uh, Smith County who worked really, really hard uh, and that we're ready to uh, move this party forward and continue the growth. And we thank, of course, we thank um, uh, the former uh, uh, chairperson uh, who is actually my fraternity brother as well, Mr. Uh, Michael uh, who served in that uh, position for a very, very long time. And so all of those uh, diehards out there that continue to work hard to make sure that, that we fill all of those seats, those precinct chair seats that have to be filled so that we can get some elected uh, Democrats uh, statewide and then some locals and all the way up to the federal candidates. We know we got some runoffs that are going to be happening very soon, and we'll hear from Mr. Hector later on about the runoffs. So we're going to turn everything back over to Ms. Rihanna. Uh, thank you guys once again for a great evening, great subjects. And so our prayers are with uh, all of the people out there in the Ukraine and people around the world, period, that uh, we learn to love one another better than what we do already. And then we don't have to fight against one another. We don't have to kill one another. We can live in peace and harmony for the greater good of mankind. And now I'll give it to Miss Rihanna. Thank you, guys. And we'll play our theme song for the evening. Bye for now. We'll see you next time. We'll see you on Thursday night, Thursday midday. Good night, good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Miss Rihanna. When the glory comes, it will be out, it will be out, oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be
the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, his spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory. Glory. Oh. Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes It will be And be safe. Bye for now.